I'm John. I'm Jeff. And welcome to uh, Love and Other Investments. And uh, in this episode, I'm going to be asking Jeff some questions um, about, quite frankly, about our podcast. Um, I had about a friend. About our podcast? About our podcast. I had a friend ask me the other day after listening to several of our episodes, he said, um, so I kind of see what you're not doing. Which is an interesting comment. Which I thought was a fascinating comment. Right. And, I, and I think I know him well enough to kind of know what he's saying. And I think what he was trying to tell me is, um, where's the quick recipe? Where's the quick, simple answers for how to budget or how to not argue or you know, how to stay away from these simple traps? I mean... Yeah, you've known me a long time. I have. What do you think my opinion is about quick, simple answers? Well... Since I've known you long enough, I know that whenever I think I know what you're going to say, you give me a look, and then, you, and then I go, oh, I shouldn't have done that. And now you're baiting me to do it, which I think is fascinating. Just messing with you. <laughs> so, what was your question? <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, I, I think, you know, uh, the, the, in the profession I... I'm in, I don't have um, the inkling or the will to try to give answers. I know that it's like a, maybe it's a stereotype, like go to, go to a therapist and get some advice. And in some ways, I'm sure people think that's just logical. Like, of course, if you have a problem, someone's going to go tell you what the answer is, right? But, yep. um, but I don't do that. I mean, there, there might be some exceptions to the rule, but I, generally as a rule of thumb, I do not give advice to people. And, and one you of do the, that because you want to frustrate them greatly, right? <laughs> I'm sure they do feel frustrated sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and I, there's probably more than one time they've told me that too. But I, no, it's not about frustration. It's, it's about autonomy. You know... I, I'm not really interested in handing people what I think is an answer to a problem because, A, I don't know all the answers to all the problems. Mm -hmm. And, B, even if I did, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. The point is that they need to come to their own conclusions about what's right in their life for them. So oftentimes, you know, sort of pulling it back to our podcast, oftentimes the one of the you know, things that occurs is that we have this tension between the parts of us, myself included, that says, hey, let's make an outline for what we're going to talk about and mm -hmm. have the five bullet points that you know, really describe the important things we need to communicate. And there's a part of me that's good with that and a part of me that's not. Mm -hmm. The part of me that's not says, you know, I don't have the answers to all these problems that we talk about i'm not saying i'm some kind of expert on everything everyone should do um and so you know i think the bigger thing for us is to set up a process by which people can kind of jump into the process and work out the solutions for themselves so this brings me to a really interesting point i think is because you know a lot of people have just heard you say i don't have the answers and so you right. know i don't know if we just lost half of our users uh, half of our For listeners, sure. you know, they're going, no well, then why in the world would I waste my time listening to somebody who can't right. give me, who won't give me advice or can't 
give me answers. Exactly. You know, I can go into the library, I can go to Barnes and Noble, and I can find four racks full of self-help books that give nothing but answers and advice. Yeah. Which I would say the fact that right. there's four racks of books that give nothing but answers and advice and everybody still has problems might yeah. clue us in on something. Proofs in the pudding there, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, why, why are not all the problems of humanity cured since we've certainly written about them over and over and over again? And I want to go back to our origin story, and that is that you know when you and I were doing Taekwondo together and getting to know each other a little bit, one of the things that I thought was fascinating that we both had in common was that we would talk to people about their issues that they were seeking to make progress on. And a lot of times they would leave feeling like they knew what they were going to do in an, or in an agreement yeah. on what the right course was. Right. And they would leave. And then when we came back to check in, nothing had happened or the opposite had happened. Yeah, yeah. So there's something about our brains that just getting advice or even getting an answer or the right answer doesn't get it done. Absolutely. I mean, you know, if you've ever been in therapy before, you absolutely know the phenomenon of spending a really important hour with your therapist talking about the most meaningful things and then leaving the office and literally an hour or two later not remembering what you talked about. What a curious phenomenon that mm -hmm. is, right? Like at the moment you think that was a great session and then you don't recall what it was about. You know, our minds are not, I've said this before, our minds are not singular. There, there um, are multiple motivations for why we do and don't do things. And there's a part of us that wants the status quo uh, to be maintained. And if we do the things that are discussed in therapy or in financial planning or any other setting where some growth is trying to be supported, then we have to change. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're constantly in a tension between the parts of us that want everything to stay the same, to stay stable, even if that stability is miserable. Because it's familiar. It's totally familiar. Or we can make a change and do something unfamiliar that's potentially painful or we don't know what the outcome will be. So that unknown really gets in our heads. We get afraid of it. Yeah, it's, you know, sometimes people will say, and they don't say it quickly, but yes, I do want to get rid of this habit or I do want to get over this hurt, but it's yeah. become such a part of me, I don't know what I would be if I didn't feel this way. The, the place that I've heard that so many times is if I'm working with an artist or a musician or something like that, and they're depressed or anxious about something, they come in and they say, you know, I, 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 I want to not be depressed, but I think the only reason my music is so good is because I'm depressed. Sure. So there's a strong incentive even though I think that's not true, you mm -hmm. know, but it's mm -hmm. a strong internal incentive for them to not change so that they can hold on to something else that they value. So one of the things that you love about me is my, my deep passion for analogies. And <laughs> that's true, though. That is true. <laughs> so I want to bring one in and maybe we can play with it a little bit um, because I think this one actually is, is something that people can kind of understand um, and, and maybe it will help 
brighten the room a little bit. So um, there are basically in the restaurant business, there's, you know, in the kitchen, you have a chef. In a nice restaurant, you have a chef, and he's the executive chef. He's in charge of building the menu. He's been trained. That's a title you get after you get certifications, right? Sure. And then you have the line cooks or the sous chefs, the people who are actually um, building the meals for the shift, you know, for table service. Sure. And they are not the ones who get to decide how spicy it's going to be. They are not the ones who get to decide what the entrees are going to be. Sure. They are taking a recipe and doing it like the chef would do it over and over and over. And yes. their job is to consistent, yeah, consistently reproduce somebody else's creative work. Yes. And I think of that like the self-help book or the self-help aisle is, you know, people who have had some success and then try to hand that success down, they're really taking all of the creative work that maybe they've put into their life for 10, 20, 30, 40 years and trying to reduce it to a recipe. And yeah. something is lost. Quite frankly, a lot is lost. Yeah, sure. So, you know, you can do a recipe. You can do steps. But that doesn't mean that you have spent the time understanding the processes, getting into the ingredients, um, exploring which ingredients, at what time of year, under yeah. what conditions. Sure. What all heat of to those, apply, all that stuff. Yes, and how, and how to get that final output that you want. It's, it's kind of one of those moments where you say the journey in that story to come to that recipe is far more valuable than just the recipe itself. Yeah, yeah. And so I think at these times that we're telling people, hey, we are not here to hand you a recipe on how to improve your relationship because two people are very complicated ingredients all amongst themselves. Yes, for sure. And you're going to have to get in there and explore who you are and who your spouse is and run into these unexpected roadblocks and unexpected victories um, and kind of fight for, and I mean this in a positive way, fight for the discovery yeah. of what makes you guys you. Right. And I think what I really like what you said. I, I like that analogy and I think you said it well. And what I would add to it is that this endeavor is is not just an intellectual one, you know, and 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 that's partly the reason why the self help section in your local bookstore is not the cure for mm -hmm. what ails us in life because there are, we we can have information we can have knowledge about something. Knowledge is not the equivalent of having a deep understanding of it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we all, we all, we use the diet analogy a lot. You know, we all understand that if we want to lose weight, we've got to cut our calories. You know, I mean, there, there's some complexity in this, of course, but the, but the truth is there's other motivators in there. It's not that easy to know how to lose weight mm -hmm. and then make it happen. And keep it. Right. And I, I would say that, you know, for our work, you know, one of the important ingredients, in addition to having some knowledge or intellectual understanding of it, is just the emotional component of it, right? When we talk about money mm -hmm. in relationships, we're not talking just about the concrete dollar that we hold. 
we're talking about what the dollar means to mm-hmm. us individually, right? We're talking about like uh, what the emotional impact of many, many dollars that have come and gone in our life have had on us. We're talking about the relationships that those dollars have passed through and, and what, what impacts those dollars have had on our lives. Because money's just a resource, right? Sure. It's just like sure. any other resource. So it's not just that we have to know how to balance a checkbook or how, how to do the addition and subtraction that you've mentioned many times is is pretty simple. Like, you, you know, you don't really need to know calculus to mm-hmm. figure out how to take care of most money things. You, you need to know other skills, right? right? You have to have some other kind of intelligence going on. Maybe, maybe you want to call that emotional intelligence. I don't know. I'm not convinced that that's what it, the label should be, but it's something in that direction. You know? you know, and I deal with this all the time um, when I'm doing planning engagements with clients. Um, they're saying, so what should we do next? What's the next thing to do? Where should our money go? What should we be, you know, they want a recipe. Right. And a lot of the planning software that we use is trying to, um, you know, show a roadmap of where things are going to go and then provide a recipe. If you'll do these eight steps, if you'll put money into these four things, then you'll get this output at the end. And again, it's the same thing is, yes, I could give that recipe to somebody and yes, they could go down the road and possibly implement it. But we're back to, you know, if I tell somebody what to eat, will they implement it? If I tell somebody how many workouts a week to do, will they implement it? Sure. Or anything else. Or anything else. And the answer is, in most cases, no. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with the quality of advice that I'm giving. Right. So when my clients get frustrated because I'm not, when I'm saying things that I've learned to say from you, (laughs) which is, well, what is it that you're really trying to accomplish here? And oh, by the way, spouse who hasn't said anything in the last 40 minutes, what do you really want to take place? Yeah. And, you know, is what we're currently doing with your resources feel like the right thing? Um, Those are the types of discussions that really start this idea of, are we going to unpack who we want to be? And I know you guys, I know we get into this so much and we keep doing it over and over again. And quite honestly, we do it a hundred more times. We will do it a hundred more times. And um, maybe it'll take 40 more for somebody to get it. But even after they get it, realizing that that is the struggle is to keep drilling down, to keep questioning, to keep being curious um, about what's important to me and what's important to my spouse and what's going to be unique about this life that we're going to build together. Um, I just, I think it's important for us to be clear to people that we are not going to be headed towards giving you answers. Yeah. Which is disappointing, right? It's disappointing. We all, we all have to overcome the, the reality of feeling disappointed because all of us want to be able to go to the McDonald's drive through, you know, order the thing and have it pop out, you know, you know, five minutes later and enjoy that treat, right? We all want that. But of course it brings its own disappointment about 10 minutes later. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and a You're belly, like, and a belly full yeah. later, right? Yeah. 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 No, it, you know, we, we have to acknowledge our disappointment that the answers are, are not um, simple. You know, life isn't easy. I mean, it's a cliche, right? Yeah. But I, 
I find it fascinating how we keep believing that if we could just turn the dials to the right numbers, it would get easy again. You know, what was the Staples or whatever the office business company was yeah, that came e- up with the commercial with the easy button? And it really strikes an accord with people. I just want it to be easy. Um, you know, I look at other people's relationships and I go, look at how easy their relationship is. Jeff, is their relationship easy? No. <laughs> it's not. And, and really when we think, all of us have, you know, a sense of the truth that the things that are most worth doing are, are also the most difficult. I mean, I, I think most people would understand that. Like mm-hmm. if you've played an instrument or a sport or if you've, you've you know, tried to accomplish a goal or whatever, something that's really hard to do, you have to put in blood, sweat, and tears, and then you get to that point. There's a, there's a certain satisfaction that is immeasurable. Mm-hmm by doing that work, whether you achieve that goal or not, you know, you, you feel as if you, you know, you spent all your energy and did your best. I think it is amazing that you and I got to know each other through an experience of doing martial art that both of us had never done before. I know. Because that is the exact same, if any of our listeners have done any type of boxing or jujitsu or any, any martial art practice or any sports practice for that matter, you start that first day not knowing how to do anything and you just want to be told, what do I need to do? And you realize you can't do it. Yeah. And then after you've been doing it for years, you start having insights about even when you thought you knew what you were doing, you really didn't know what you were doing. Yeah. I remember Jason, the guy who teach, teaches us, um, he told me one day, I, I think I was having a lesson with him. He told me one day, um, you know, I want, I want you to do this kick and I want mm-hmm. you to hit pretty hard. Mm-hmm. And so I did. And then he said, yeah, but I want you to relax. And I was like, wait a minute, you just gave me the instruction to hit this thing hard. And now you're telling me to relax. How do those two things go together? And at that time, I thought it was probably a yellow belt or, you know, the, mm-hmm. the lowest the lowest right. above white, right? The, the, the pretty right. low on the on the totem pole. I had no idea what he was talking about. None. You hadn't at all. learned enough. No, to, I couldn't to do know it. how those two things naturally actually fit together. Yes, and, I, and it was so, a paradox, and I couldn't figure it out. And this is an example of what I mean. Like yeah. knowing is not the same thing as having some kind of deeper understanding. So let's do everybody a favor today. We've told them that. Um, unfortunately, the self-help book, while you know maybe inspiring a few ideas here or there, isn't going to be where they find the answers to their life. Right. Um, we've told them it's a lot of hard work, and we've told them it's going to take a long time. Yeah. That's all pretty depressing. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but you know, it's like anything else. It's the work that's it, the work is actually a blessing. Yeah, going through it is yeah. is because then you feel like you're doing the real thing. You're not just putting band aids on it. You're actually right. you've actually started towards Something th- a real. destination that makes yeah. sense. Right. So let's give them a few simple ideas about how to get into the beginning. Sure. Um, I want to start with we say this a, a lot, but having conversations about you know we did a a podcast on date night. Yeah. And um, you know I've actually had people tell me yeah we we tried date night for a while. But, you know, we're together all week, and so going out on a date, we didn't have anything to talk about because I already know what happened all week. Oh my and gosh. I just about fell out of my chair. I know. I'm like, 
no. <laughs> yeah. That's no. Um, yeah. So, you know, we talk a lot about talking about our past. Right. Just sharing stories about when you were a kid. Sharing stories about when you were in high school. You know, are you, were you excited about your time in high school or did you hate your time in high school? Did you have any good friends in high school and why were they yeah. good friends? And yeah. did you, you know, talking about your past, you have so much past to go over, so much history to go over. And all of those things, um, I'm going to let you talk about this for a second, but all those things not only educate our spouse about who we are, but they have the opportunity of re-educating us as adults is about who we were. And who we still might be. Right. Because sometimes there's a link between what we did when we were five or seven or ten or whatever and what we're doing now. You know, what you thought about what you did when you were 17. When you were 17, doing the things you were doing at 17, you had an idea about that, right? Right. And you didn't think about it again until, you know, now you're 50. And if I were to ask you questions about the things that you did and felt, you would remember them and think about them very differently Correct. now than Correct. the way you thought about them then. Yes. Yeah. And now that I have kids that are grown, you know, and 17 I, or older. Yes. I can see, oh, when I was my son's age, he's 21. I, I had a way of thinking that's not that dissimilar to his way of thinking. But at now at 54, I think pretty differently, you know, about whatever the situation is, you know. So not only can you talk about what you were like at 17 and things you did at 17, but you could have conversations about how your thinking has changed and why. For sure. I mean, you know, my wife is also a therapist and you can imagine our date night conversations because often we'll talk about, you know, something that's come up, good or bad, doesn't matter what it is. And, and then we'll talk about the why of it, you know, like how did you get to here? Mm-hmm. What, what does this mean to you? And those are really important moments for us. They're, they're very um, emotionally close moments. They're, they're intimate moments yes. where you're really working through your own thoughts yes. out loud and with somebody. S- someone who loves you and is not going to be critical, you know, reflective with you about what's going on in your own head. And, and there's, that's just invaluable. I mean, to feel that level of safety and security in a relationship is incredible. So just so start with, you know, we've said one thing, talk a little bit about your past. But I think there's also talk a little bit about what you hope for your future. For sure. I mean, I think on so many levels, being able to think about what you want for your future. I mean, effectively, that's what all of our podcasts are about, right? Right. About what it is that we're going to build with our lives. We have this opportunity as a team in our relationship to build something bigger than ourselves, Mm -hmm. something important, more important than what we would want individually. And to do that together and to have a, be a part of a meaning-making system, you know, that we co-create. I mean, that, that's a huge opportunity. So, I, but on a smaller scale, there's something incredibly valuable about just saying, hey, what are we going to do for summer vacation next year? Mm-hmm. And let's dream about where we might go and what we might do. Mm-hmm. And think about how to involve the kids and, you know. Or not. Yes, <laughs> you're correct, correct. <laughs> You know, being able to think even on a smaller scale, like, what do you want to do next week? Or what do you want to do on Saturday? And saying, well, I want to have a lazy day. I mean, these things are sort of itty-bitty dreams that we co-create together and then do together. And there's a certain kind of um, connection point that happens because And they of create it. this um, co-shared priority. Yeah. So 
let me just kind of wrap us up. I mean, those are two great things, talking about our past, talking about our future. But I just want to say to our listeners, if you're listening along and this sounds like a lot of work, you know, we do these podcasts every week. And every week we're going to give you something that you could take home and do together and work on to kind of keep this journey going. And contemplate. And contemplate. The weeks are going to roll by whether you're listening to us or not. The weeks are going to roll by whether you're doing this work or not. Yeah. I mean, think about the progress you can make over a year or two by having these types of quality conversations. Yeah. So, you know, do the work. Dive in. Um, The water's fine. It's going to be okay. So thanks a lot. See you later.